With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 397. This is the Detroit Lions NFL Combine Preview and the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your ever-dashing host, Chris, and here with me is my unflappable parent of an abused child, co-host Jeff the Riz Riston. How are you, brother? I know... I know, I, am, I know. Th- pressure tensions running high, bro, and I apologize. I am trying to hold it together. Uh, my daughter is a very good basketball player. She's a seventh grader. She played a game today where she was physically assaulted on the court, and uh, it didn't get called. And it's personal between her and one of the officials, and it really got me mad. She almost required a trip to the doctor. Uh, she was bleeding from two different places. And one of those, she got called for a foul on herself. Uh, it was rough. It was bad. The parents from the other team were coming up to me and, and apologizing for their own daughter's conduct after the game. It was that kind of day. Um, I look, I, I'm normally pretty, I, I will yell most of the time in support. Um, I yelled today out of anger, and uh, if if somebody that I trusted wasn't there, I probably would have gone on the court and kicked the ref's ass myself. Uh, um, you do not let my, you do not let that happen. It's, I, it's I, so, I gotta let that go. I gotta it's let go. so strange Breathe. where you but look at was, these crazy parents. Well, you you say look at those crazy parents getting involved in the game and getting on the field or on the court. Oh, I absolutely and was they, one today. Right? And I don't even apologize but, for it. But because you've, uh, got, you've got like a valid reason. You know what I mean? So now you start wondering. You know, what's the reason for some of those other folks? I'm not saying to yeah. go charge the court. I'm not saying when my daughter's trying to block wow. out on a free throw and the girl kicks her in the leg. So she's bleeding and has instant swelling and you don't call a foul on that. We got problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got it on video, too, and showed it to the the athletic director of our school. And uh, that official will not be back at Zealand Public Schools. I can tell you that right now. Good news. Good news. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll keep. We'll I'm better play. now. Thank you. I'm cathartic. <laughs> I'm good. He's catheterized. Got my senior bowl shirt on. I'm happy. <laughs> oh, I used mine to dry, dry the bench. Uh, all right. Today's show, <laughs> we're going to preview and prep you for the NFL Combine. We're going to discuss uh, recent Lions signing. We've got positional quality between drafts. This is a really interesting example, and I think it's going to help people kind of see things a little differently because it's all kind of ethereal and theoretical when people talk about it, but we've got some 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 straight numbers around that. We're also going to do a bit of a deeper dive on the positional value argument in the draft. Got some data there and have a discussion set up for that. It's going to be 
It's good. I think you guys are going to find that incredibly interesting. We got all that going on and a whole lot more. You know what it is? It's a great show and it's lined up for you. It Riz, is. you ready to do it, brother? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Getting right into it. Those watching the videos, you probably noticed there wasn't a video there. It'll be there next week, I promise. All right, let's get right into it. Mike or Mike in the chat. How you doing, brother? Thank you so much. Asking folks to hit that like button. We appreciate when folks do that. It's uh, super, super much, much love, much love for us. Helps us with that that whole algorithm thing, that whole YouTube deal. All right, let's get right to it. Lions have re-signed a player, Riz. He was your number one player on the roster, your top target for a re-sign this year. His name was special team superhero Josh Woods. Tell me how this sends us to the Super Bowl this year. Well, he did have a team-high 13 tackles in the loss to Denver. So, I mean, that, actually, that that might have been a season high for any Lion this year. I, I should probably look that up. Yeah, Somebody will look that up for me. It was Somebody in the chat will look that up for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of anybody that had more than that in a single game. So, uh, look, yeah. he's he, he's worth coming. He's It's worth bringing him back. He's he's fast. He's somewhat smart on the field. Um, he, we signed him off the Bears practice squad. He worked in. He played a lot of special teams. You know, there's there's something to work with there. Uh, I don't want him starting, but he's earned the right to come back as a backup. Absolutely, yeah. and the price is right. Just as they did with Jason Cabinda last week, they preemptively signed a potential restricted free agent. They didn't worry about the tender or anything. They're like, hey, we want you back, so we're signing you. Uh, that's they're I like tender. that. I, I like the, I like the proactivity on that. <laughs> yeah, they were already tender enough. <laughs> they got him from the Bears practice squad midseason last year. Yep. Um, it was a nice little snipe. That that, that was one I, I I'm glad that we got. Um, he got a start, played 12 games, 28 tackles, and two quarterback hits. Um, not a bad, not a bad keep, right? Um, not going to break the bank and gives us something we can use. I mean, look at, look at our linebacking core right now. It's, it's, uh, it's Derek Barnes, Tavante Beckett and him and, and maybe Anthony Pittman. That's it. Uh, they got to have bodies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a body who knows the system. He's better than a body. So I, I I like it. You know, it's, it's not obviously something that's going to move the needle on all the people. They still have need at at inside linebacker, off ball linebacker, whatever you want to call it. But they have less of one for depth. This, this is somebody that you bring back and you don't have to draft a guy in the sixth or seventh round as a potential depth piece as a result of it. Yes. I like it. Yeah, no, it's, it's solid signing, solid signing, good move, good kind of housekeeping type of thing. Had to say thank you to Joey two times, two times. Uh, Chris is the smoothest voice of any Lions content maker around. I appreciate that guys. You're all right. I like that guy. He interacts with me on Twitter, and he's good. He, he puts me in my place when I need it. I appreciate good, that. Good. He's <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, Griffiths, Dave, how you doing? What's the chance Anzalone is? Sorry. Captain Anzalone is back next year. <laughs> I don't think it's high. I think he's he's uh, already gone. I, yeah, I would agree. Uh, based on what we heard at the Senior Bowl and also just what he's posted on his own social media, yeah. I, I think he's ready to move along, and I think the team is okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like not that he's a bad player or anything. It's just one of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's not. It's not a it, no. No hard feelings. It's just time. Time to move on. Time Sometimes that happens. Time to roll. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk NFL scouting combine. All right. Um, lot to be. Let's talk about here. First and foremost, Riz will be there. Again. I will be. We will have our correspondent on site. Senior Bowl. That's it. We were everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Training camp. We Senior are. Bowl. Yeah. Combine, 
God, I mean, where are yep, we? I will be there um, for the coaching interviews on Monday and or uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and the first wave of player interviews, which are Wednesday and Thursday. And then I do have to get home uh, Thursday evening, but uh, I'll be there for the first bit of it. Um, the workouts, quite frankly, uh, unless you're the very top of the media food chain, you don't get into the workouts anyways. We all sit in the media center, um, which is a giant ballroom in the Indianapolis Convention Center, the Sagamore Ballroom, if you've ever been there. And Sagamore. there's probably 500 of us watching it on three small TVs in the front of the room. <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually easier to watch the workouts for us. Now, we, we do get the instantaneous results, but I'm pretty sure we can get those at home this year because they are still trying to steer some of us away yeah. um, for, for COVID issues, which is let led me, to some interesting things going on with the, the Let me touch the on that combine. because they, they were, yeah. were going to keep the bottle, the bottle, the bubble. And the agent said, no, you're not. And if you do, we're going to recommend that our players don't work out at the combine. Now, here's where it got really interesting. And this is where I think there's some cracks in the uh, in the foundation here. Um, the coaches and said, no, no, that's OK. We just want the players to put their best foot forward. They don't need to work out if, if they're not up for it. Basically, what they said is combine's not not worth any. It's not valuable. We don't care if they work out. We'll go to the pro day. We'll interview and we want to do the interviews and everything else. The workouts are there for TV ratings. While they're not gigantic, it right. does keep the NFL conversation okay, going. Gotta put a disclaimer <laughs> on that it's the on-field workouts the medicals and the interviews are still critically important at the combine and that's that's what it was created for initially anyways where all the all the prospects are seen by the same doctors so you, you get that every player can meet with every team they don't most most guys meet with between no depends on how hot of a prospect they are but uh the lions will meet i think there's well i think there's 275 players there and the last I saw was that the Lions were scheduled to talk with 240 of them. So you're, you're getting a lot. Now it's like a five to 10 minute speed dating thing. That's, that's all the interviews yeah. are. Yeah. If you want to have more conversation, there are ways to have that. Um, that's what, that's what the bars and, and restaurants and hotel conference rooms and things like that in Indianapolis are for. Yeah. And we will try to keep on top of those things too, because, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, as far as the on field workouts, they're kind of, they are definitely for show. I don't even want to say that they're they're kind of for show. They are definitely for show. They are there are training centers around the country. Exos in Pensacola being one of them. Um, mm -hmm. IMG in Bradenton. There's the Speed School in Dallas that uh, Mike Conley Senior runs that are specifically training directly for those those physical. You know, like I will teach you how to add four inches to your vertical jump. I will teach you how to. Do better at your long jump and broad jump and your start on your 40 yard time and getting your 10 yard splits better. And it's like being coached for track or field rather than coached for football. You lost me and, at, at, at uh, vertical jump there. When you were saying add four inches, you had my attention and then. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the <laughs> I'm, I'm just not as tall as I used to be. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there, there's actually a trick to it. And um, uh, I taught my son one of the tricks to it when he was getting measured at the, at the Chris Paul Stars camp last summer. And it worked for him. And it wound up making it added like two inches to his vertical just because uh, he knew the little trick that I taught him. Which was pretty sweet. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and it's it's absolutely right. It's it's almost it's 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 not preparing for football. It's preparing for individual in, interesting skills. Correct, and often it creates narratives around players that maybe aren't really relevant to football itself. Which which you know love Kent Platt, math bomb, love his yes. rats, but that's where one of the kind of 
flaws in it comes in in that what is how does that translate because it doesn't necessarily because there's certain tricks techniques and so on that don't translate to football that are being leveraged there now is everybody using the same tricks yeah probably probably but you know it's um the agents have figured this out they really have and um like when you're looking at at kent's ras scores relative athletic scores they are. It's it's a great way to evaluate player A versus player B and yep. what you might be getting from them. Yep. Um. Uh. Our our friend Pat Kerwin has. I forget what he calls it, but it, it it's it's a basic explosion score where you're adding the long jump, the broad jump, and the bench press. And if it adds up to over eighty, you've got a dude. And if it doesn't add up to eighty, you've got a problem. Yeah. And um, it, it varies from position to position. The importance of that, but like at a wide receiver or cornerback or pass rusher, you, you, those are the things that you're looking for. Um, what I love about Kent's thing, what he does is that he he factors in the size of the player, like. A six foot two, two hundred and twenty five pound player has different expectations than a six foot seven, three hundred pound player, and he he does that. He does a great job doing that. So I I always appreciate that. But if you're if you're thinking, oh, this guy, he's got a nine point eight nine RAS, that means he's going to be great. No, it means he's a really good athlete. It doesn't mean he's a good football player. Yeah. You got to be real careful about that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Chat's going nuts. It's hilarious. Um, so here we go. Um, I'm not watching. I just see. Oh, it's, I, I, need, I need soothing breaths tonight, guys. <laughs> I'm interested it's because the, the, the kind of takeaway there was potentially damaging for the NFL, the TV rights for the combine, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. the whole thing. When they say when you have people coming out and saying, eh, we don't need the we don't need the workouts. It's like, <gasps> we don't. You well, just part said, of it, you know, like you took away the, the biggest thing in March we've got other than free, I mean, the biggest TV show in March we got. It's probably got more ratings and more money out of that than they get out of the whole entire NFL network for the rest of the month. There will be more people watching the the uh the running back day, then watch the seventh game of the World Series if baseball ever plays again. Yes. And they might not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it, it's man. crazy how much that is. But just to, to talk about the inconsistency, former Lions offensive lineman Ode Yabushi tweeted out about it. And he's like, you re- you removed the bubble for us as players during the season, and now you want them these guys coming in to be in a bubble when they're not going to be in a bubble as soon as they're out of it. It's stupid. I will I will speak from personal experience. My daughter played in a volleyball tournament in Indianapolis in the exact ballroom where the where the uh, the the convention center where the the team interviews are taking place where where we stand in front of the podiums. There was seventy eight volleyball courts in there with twelve to fifteen girls on each team on each side of the net. Maybe five masks the entire week. We're seen, mm-hmm. so it's not like it's not like the the city of Indianapolis or the the downtown convention center is enforcing this. There was a very weird fit, sort of power flex by the NFL, and it got thrown back in their face. And I'm glad that it did. We've got something here, and it has sparked joy for me. Marie Kondo would be proud. Uh, one of these two times, got to do a Lions fans combine, like 20 spins around a baseball bat, chug a beer, then run a 40, crap like that. I would show up and compete, oh dude. Let's do it at the combine or at the training camp party, Riz. The the the, the oh, no. Lions fans combine. Seriously, we could do. Oh, we boy. could we could call it. We could get people to sign up. We'll come up with some prizes. That would be an absolute riot. Get Dan to do play by play. Dan Miller, voice of the Lions, oh, play by play from for you running a forty. That'd be incredible. On a bat. <laughs> this. That'd be- 
That that that's a good. I like that. We got uh, we got okay. we got to flesh this idea out. All right, that's, folks. that's really sweet. This year's training at camp party, the Lions fan combine. Holy cow! This we okay. This is going to be good. I, I already see. <laughs> I like it. Oh man, okay. it's taking it to another <laughs> level. Yeah, we'll show the NFL what's up. <laughs> Get over here, Goodell. All right, um, <laughs> that's good stuff. I like it. Uh, okay, we got that. Let's get into the combine. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. Uh, he said he could promote it. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. What should we look for, and what do we want to see at the combine this year? And those, I think, are a little bit different things, but there's probably some overlap. Riz, we're, we're, the, the number one thing I'm looking for is can he pick his hand size? Oh, oh God! You know what? That's gonna go ahead. Keep going. I've got. Let me see if I can how I can do this. All right, I've got so, a video of Kenny Pickett's hand size. Yes, you a, do. A, yes, you do. You, you shot it on the slide. So Kenny Pickett didn't measure his hands at the Senior Bowl. He did measure his arms, and they were thirty and a quarter inches long, which is abnormally short for a six foot three guy. He's got small hands, and I, I know other places have talked about this. So I'll do it briefly. He's double jointed in his thumb. Apparently, I am too. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I got volleyball hands, so my hands are all messed up. But uh, he's trying to get his hands bigger than eight and a quarter, which is really that like that's really small. Like Jared Goff has small hands. I think he's right at nine. I want to say pick it with with those short arms and short hands. That that's a very real drawback for a lot of NFL teams, whether it's valid or not. I, I'm going to say that it's easier to throw a ball with bigger hands than smaller hands, but I'm not going to say that you can't do it with small hands. But it's fascinating that he's worked this hard at promoting what his hand that like oh I gotta get my hands bigger like he knows that like so that's how bad it is you, we think right okay now this yeah. is where we need some special work from you folks okay this is this I Uh-oh. I I, I, I a Bruder film I should go in here. yes this is a Bruder film I swear to God this is Kenny Pickett's hand uh, our guy Colin shot this at the Senior Bowl he wouldn't do this the the uh, the measurement. He skipped it, so we got one. We need our math geniuses to be able to figure this out, okay? Uh, let me see if we can get that. We got his hand right there on a Gatorade bottle. You can figure yeah, so out that, the diameter that is, of that, that is, bottle. That I, will, I will verify that it's 100% Kenny Pickett yeah. because I made a crack that he doesn't need two hands to hold the Gatorade <laughs> bottle. That's a good sign. That, <laughs> back me up on yep, that. <laughs> yep. So that is his hand. Now, if we can take the diameter of the bottle, do the circumference measurement, and kind of we can do an assessment here of what we've got right now with Kenny Pickett. Nobody else Your has this smart. News. Have him do it. He's he's good with like the the cosine and tangent. We're all, we're all on edge all waiting. For, we're, we're all on edge waiting for our uh, our, our final <laughs> uh, college acceptance notification on Friday. So we're, he's not doing any extra math. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So yes, that's there. It is. If anybody wants to try to do the math on that, get a Gatorade bottle, do your circumference, work it out what his hand would be. I would love to see it. That's that's the closest anyone's got to some kind of measurement. We've got a straight, um, a straight look at his hands there for you. So you're you're off and running, Colin. Great job on that picture. That was spectacular work on your part. It was. <laughs> Colin was really good at being a a. Um, I don't want to call him a gopher because that's not right. But being show like runner. a show producer, yeah. show runner, yeah. show runner. Yeah. He he's got a few like if 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 what he does for a living on the side doesn't work out, um, and he, I kind of think it's working out pretty well for him based on how we know him. But if it doesn't, he's got a future as a you know eleven dollar an hour showrunner for a, a low budget radio show. He did great on the show too. I mean, a lot of feedback yeah. about what Colin did. I'll give you guys. We a need heads more Colin. Up. We have more Colin coming. 
Um, we have posi- uh, player breakdowns in five to ten minute videos of key players uh, that could potentially be available at positions where the Lions are drafting. Going to do a breakdown of each one, give you the info you want in nice bite sized chunks about w- one or two videos a week all the way through the draft. You guys are going to love this stuff. This is going to be exactly what you're looking for as far as player scouting, player information as we head to the draft to help you kind of put your your thinking together. All right. Besides so much great background stuff for the senior bowl, it, it, his, his level of detail is a lot better than a lot of the people that you're watching on TV, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, breakdowns. I'll just do a quick show here. Players. Yeah. All kinds of information. This is 57 pages of player Pictures, information, data, the whole thing. Yeah. He broke it all down for us as uh, kind of our cheat sheet ahead of time. It was so helpful, man. So it really was. helpful. Oh, it was awesome. Okay, it, so it was. Let's, uh, yeah. let's go. What else should we be looking for in the Combine, Mr. Risden? All right, so what you are looking for is um, anomalies compared to film. So if a guy is fast on film and he runs slow – that's an anomaly. If he's slow on film and runs really fast, that's an anomaly too. Uh, You're you're looking for guys. um, They've gotten better about this, but a a couple of schools, notably Louisville and LSU love to list guys at six foot two. And then they're five eleven and three quarters Uh, that, that that's getting better. Virginia tech's kind of bad about that too, but you want to see like big discrepancies from listed weights and, and heights and, arm lengths and stuff like that from colleges based on you know what, what the NFL is looking for. Right. Uh, there will be, by the way, um, the senior bowl tends to measure big and the shrine bowl tends to measure a little small, but if, as long as they're within, you know, like a quarter of an inch on arm length and, and all that stuff, it's normal. So, but the other thing is like just guys that don't test the way you expect them to. And I'm trying to th- uh, tease Tabor is a good example. He, he wasn't fast at Florida, but I never thought of him as being like 4.6. I think it was 4.72 was his 40 time at the, right. at the combine. Right. Going back a few years here. But like that, that seemed really odd. But then when we watched him run, and, and that, that's one of the things that we're doing when we're sitting in the media room, we're, we're all sitting around, you know, uh, and, and I, I remember that, I remember that year actually very well. I was sitting next to Kyle Krabs. Um, we were sitting in the front row watching it. And uh, John McLean from the Houston Chronicle was sitting the Krabs on, on the right side. And, and we're all like, it looks like he doesn't like to run. <laughs> McLean said that, and Kyle and I looked at him and looked at each other like, yeah, you're right. It does. So you're looking for, like, look, you know who's going to be fast. You know who's going to be the fastest. We have a pretty – and we normally have somebody exchanging hands about who might be the fastest. I haven't made my pick yet on who that's going to be. Uh, but you're, you're looking for guys like if you expect them to run a 4.45 and they suddenly run a 4.32, you're like, okay – all right, now let's go back. Let's look at their film, but also let's look at our friends at Next Gen Stats and see if they have a top speed score on this guy. Yeah. Is he running 19 miles an hour or is he running 21 miles an hour at his peak? How long can he sustain it? And those are the things, and this is one of the reasons why the combine, the, the physical testing is sort of getting diminished is because we're having the things like we talked about with the guys from from uh, from Zebra Technologies who track all this stuff now with the, the stuff. And we had a great interview with them at the Senior Bowl. Please check it out. It's one of the favorite interviews I've ever done, and I've been doing this a lot. Uh, I, I, I learned so much from that. It was so eye-opening what was happening with yeah. football and the future of football and how it's being used 
how those sorts of things are being used. This is a primary example of how you use it. Okay, what what is a 4.4440 run versus top speed? Excuse me, I'm getting a spam call. Um, Best kind. I don't need need a car warranty, damn it. (laughs) Bad enough. Um, But yeah, so you're, you're looking at like validation, and the, the the honestly, most NFL teams look at it the way: Are they doing something like bad? Like, do you expect this? Um, I, I'm, I'm just I'll just pick a guy out of the ether here. I'll, I'll use Nicobe Dean as an example as a linebacker. We know he's going to be five eleven. We know he's going to be about two hundred and twenty six pounds. We know his arms are under thirty inches long. We know all this already. Those are all really bad, bad, bad flags. By the way, folks, um, if you've got him mocked in your top twenty. He ain't going there. Not at that size. Now, now maybe, maybe Georgia is short shifting him. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But that's what that's that's we'll part see. of what the combine's about. Yeah. But you expect him to be a a low four five guy. Maybe even a four like four four eight to four five two four five three guy in the forty. If he comes out and runs a four six, then you're going to have a lot of problems with that. And that that that's not just specific to Dean. That's specific to a lot of the of the yeah. linebackers in this yeah. class. If they're not as fast as you think they are, because they are small, like that. That's that. That's what we're looking for. I, I can guarantee you, that's what the Lions are looking for specifically in their scouting seconds. And we've had conversations with them about this over the past uh, couple of years. And some of the scouts are still the same. I know John Dorsey. I know exactly what he's looking for from his Browns days. He's very, very upfront and clear about it. At linebacker, and, we're looking for a big, slow thumper, kind of in the Tavai mold. Is that what I'm? God, I hope not. I really hope not. Oh, where's oh. the bullshit? I had to put two together. <laughs> yeah. So, so th- those are the things that you're looking for. Are guys that, or also guys that look like they don't care and didn't train, and T Stabor would be one of those. Uh, the guys who, you know, show up, obviously like Calvin Johnson is legendary for borrowing shoes to run the, the, the yeah. 40. <laughs> like, okay, Calvin's just a freak. Like those, those guys don't exist very often. But if you're looking at a, at a wide receiver that, ha- that doesn't understand. So they do the drill where they, they get a pass here, they get a pass here and they got to catch it and do it. And when they don't know, like they've never practiced that drill before, like it doesn't matter how well they do in the drill. It's like, You've had all this time. This is the biggest job interview of your life, and you show up and you don't know how to do the drills that have been the same for ten years, and it happens every year, Chris. Every I know, year, I know. And who's who's the it's agents bizarre. that are telling these guys that it's okay not to? Right? I mean, I, I think of a guy like like I think of Tibbs. He's going to have an agent that's going to tell him don't don't work out. You you can only hurt your stock. Correct. Correct. I disagree. And we'll talk about him a little bit more in a little bit, but I disagree because the the knock on him is it would could get slightly erased if he shows up and busts his, his butt in that combine and shows his dedication to the craft. Um, it's an that interesting ma- that absolutely matters. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's given him given him you know going to give him troubles in this draft. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, anything else that you uh, that jumps out at you that you want to kind of point folks to? Uh, as far as the combine and what they should be looking for. Yeah, the other thing with the combine is is that it is the last time before the draft that we, as a collective media, will have access to Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. They are talking on Tuesday. I will be there in, in the media throng. I tend to stand in the back because I'm tall. I don't like standing in front of Justin because that's rude. Um, although when the Browns coaches and GMs are there, you better believe I'm standing my tall ass in front of Tony Grossi because he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> 
do it every year. <laughs> Me and Dan Kadar from, from Ohio.com. Um, Dan's, Dan's a very large man. Um, he and I purposely try to stand in front of Tony Grossi just to piss him off because he's terrible at his job and deserves to be fired. So you don't so have an opinion little, is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I won't, I won't do that to the Lions guys because the Lions guys are nice. They're, they're, they're in general yeah. one of the best media groups in, in football. And mm-hmm. I, I say that. Yes, they are my friends, but I also dealt with a lot of other ones. I, let me tell you guys, we, we are a little spoiled by, by some of the talent that we've got writing and covering this team. We really are. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the most part, they're, they're innovative and in everything. They do a good job out there. I like, I like most of them. All right. So, um, well, yeah. So, that, so we, we will talk and like the questions we, we, we always try to get Dan to, to be entertaining. And I think he will probably give us something, but, um, we're learning pretty quickly that Brad says, you know, he has a lot of say, he had a lot to say. He had a lot of nothing to say. We'll miss him. Um, to quote tools eulogy that, that, that's his sort of way to have handling press conferences. Now, the fun part. Is, is that, and, and I'll give Matt Patricia some credit here. Matt, after he did his podium interview, called a group of us together and gave us a, a, a 20 to 30 minute side thing outside the room and, and talk straight shit, man. Like, like, hey, if you think we're doing this, we're not. If you think we're not doing this, we are. Like, he was really like upfront about it and it was really cool. And I, I definitely appreciate that about Matt Patricia. I don't think we're going to get that from Brad Holmes or, or Dan Campbell, but that, 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 that's part of the reason why I'm there is it's just to see. I love the transparency. This is a different team, right? They are, they're locked down. They are absolutely locked down they on are. information. But when it's at, when it's over, they, they open up and deliver. They, they talk about how they got there, why they got there, the whole thing. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just really, really impressed with the, the level of transparency and when you get it. Um, it's just being patient as a fan, right? You want to know beforehand. You really, really want to know. This is a, we've got a regime right now that it, it's not getting out. And I mean, look, Dorsey's a master at rooting out leaks. And, and, and not only really is he is. so good at it, he's known for being good at it. So even people that may have yeah, leaked for, in the for past. For those of you who wonder why afraid. Elliot Wolf isn't employed somewhere, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> people that used to like maybe be able to, to, to share a thing or two. They're not there now. Nope. They're, they nope. they know better because exactly what you said. Ask Elliot Wolf what happens. You do not yeah. want to be the person on the wrong side of just, that. Just remember when when the John Dorsey had the number one pick in 2018, there were embedded beat writers with the team that thought until about six hours before that that that, that Josh Allen was going to be the pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wouldn't have been a bad pick. <laughs> no, in, re- in retrospect, it wouldn't have. I would have hated it at the time. Yeah, yeah. My bad. You know, I we make mistakes. But, we make mistakes. Yeah, we do. We you le- you learn from it. One of the things that I I'll, I'll digress very briefly here. One of the things that I learned from the Josh Allen debacle is that you don't count out guys that have that natural presence to them, and that's something that you got. I I, I got it when I saw Josh Allen play in person at Eastern Michigan. I'm like. That guy is a natural leader of men and he doesn't even try. Like dudes just they wanna they want to give their souls to him. Mm-hmm. And I discounted that too much. Um and and looked at the the things that he couldn't do rather than the things that he could do. So uh if you don't evolve on, on things like that, you, you wind up not being employed very long. Yep, yep, yep. 
All right. Um, hey, I want to really quick, uh, Chris, don't be surprised to see defensive tackle, defensive end, and a uh, linebacker, 32nd and 34th. Tons of high talent there. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. if, as I am as I sit here today, and and last week I was here too, I'm I'm thinking that's where you get your your defensive ends, your edge guys is 32 and 34, and then you're, you're full, right? The tank is full. You're good there. Um, I, I just really, really like who's available there. I like the value of what you get there. Just there's a lot of really, really good talent at that, at that position there. And whether Jermaine Johnson makes it or not, right, that's okay. Iffy. 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 There's still other guys there that are absolutely available. And, and linebacker, for sure, for sure is available as well. I'm not sure yeah. we go DT there, though. Riz, I, I think they they, they, they well do, they, a later. They've got uh, there is there is some good depth at that, um, but the, but you're going down a couple of tiers from there. Like you can you can get a guy, and I put him in my mock draft this week. Uh, Davis from uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Wyatt from Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fried. Um, uh, I put him there, and uh, it, it seems to be a pretty popular thing. He he's the Nick Williams replacement. They don't have the Nick Williams replacement on the roster. They would like it to be Levi Anzarike. Based on what we saw last year, he ain't it. So they gotta they gotta take another swing at that. Even if now then you have a happy problem if if Levi was okay, he really was bothered by that hip injury that, that lingered on and he, he just wasn't ready. Yeah. And now in his second year he comes back and is ready. We've seen that before. Darius Lee is a great example. Darius Lee was not ready as a rookie. He was awful. Benji. He came back his second year and was phenomenal. Yep. That yeah. hap- that that does happen, um, and don't discount that happening for Anzarike, but you and also judging, can't bank on that. And, and judging by the talent selections made in the rest of the draft, my faith right now is in Holmes. This is the draft that's really going to put out, it, did we get super lucky, which frankly has not happened to the Lions. I can't think of the last draft that they hit this many this well. The, the year they got Ziggy. Was like the worst draft, and the Lions nailed it. Yeah, like yeah, they got they got good players out of that draft. Yep, that, yeah. that was probably the last one. Yeah, yeah, that was what twenty thirteen. Yeah, it, I want to say it was. It yeah. was it was big. Yeah, yeah, it was that was the last year I lived in Houston. I went to the, the draft in yep. Vegas that year and won a lot of money on people who thought that they knew things and didn't. <laughs> side bets at the side bets at the, at the yeah at the. Uh, the booking, uh, the Tropicana Sportsbook in uh, in <laughs> Vegas was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, ben Diesel, I believe Levi takes a huge dump next season. He played a different position in college, was injured this season, and had a whole year of football off. Absolutely. That's, uh, that could happen. That's good. I won't, I won't discount it, but I need to see it. Yep. I need to see it before I yep. believe it. Yep. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm there with that. And, and I think you got to give this year to see it, though. You, you just have to. I, I don't want to say believe, but right. you can overdraft at a position out of fear, and we've got so many other gaps, you have to be confident in your position you made last year or your decision you made last year and start filling some of these other giant gaps that we have. Yeah. Um, okay, Any, anything else on the on the combine before we move on, Riz? Not, not really. Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to the, the one city in America that still considers the WHO a contemporary music act on their local radio stations, but yeah. WFBQ never change. <laughs> All right. I want, Bob and Tom's still funny there for some reason. I want to touch on something that, you know, it, it seems like a very kind of ethereal discussion and people, very theoretical, people discuss it and and, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, this, that, that, you know, they could be better one draft than the other. That kind of, not positional value, but positional quality, the quality of the talent 
that appears at a position between drafts. And we and this year is a great example. Everyone's like, you got to get your quarterback. You got to get your quarterback. This is the year you have to get them because you need a quarterback, right? And it's like there's 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 some sense to that, right? It makes there's some common sense and it, it, and it's generally a pretty good Kind of I mean, the Lions, play. they do need a – they only have one quarterback on the roster right now. Right? They need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if your guy's there, you go get him. But nobody wants to say that he's a guy because they're a little cautious. I want to just bring up this this infographic. This came from CBS Sports, and I think this really – and I know this is probably an outlier. It's the one set of data we got. I wasn't. I didn't have time to go dig any deeper. But different quarterback classes and how they can look year to year. We've got the 2012 quarterback class and the 2013 quarterback class. All right. So the 2012 class at the top, Russell Wilson. This is on career passing yards right right now. Now, now. The top five career passers from each class. Just the first thing that jumps out at you is the number one draft pick, uh, Mike Glennon, from 2013 has fewer overall pass yards than the number five. Less than half. Or just over so, half, like barely over so, half. Then the number five so, from so, 2012. So the 2012 draft, um, well, let's just go through the names. Uh, it's Russell Wilson at the top, Kirk Cousins. Now, Wilson was a third-round pick, I think. Yes, third. Yeah, 75th overall, yep. Kirk Cousins, fourth-round pick by the same team that's hooking quarterback number two overall yep. um, in, in Washington. Ryan Tannehill, third. He's had a Productive career. He's he's had a Jared Goff like career. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Luck fourth was obviously off to a great start before the injuries happened, um, and and he retired early. Uh, and first fifth, overall pick, Nick, by the way, yes, one of he was. fourth out of that draft class. Yes, um, Tannehill was, I think, the number eight or ten pick out of Texas A and M, and and some of that was based on the fact that he was a wide receiver until his um, penultimate color season. So, and then fifth is Nick Foles, who has won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> at fourteen thousand yards is fifth. So you start yeah. with Russ at thirty-seven thousand yards, um, passing yards total, and you roll down to fifth where you have Nick Foles, who's got fourteen thousand overall. Yeah. Right? All right. So then twenty thirteen, you got the giraffe, Mike Glennon. Seven thousand twenty five yards. He's he's far and away the best. Well, I I guess not. Geno Smith. So Gino was a second round pick. He was, I think, the second quarterback taken. I want to, I want to say, at six thousand nine hundred seventeen yards. The Jets tried really hard to make him a starter. I'm not going to say that it's all on Gino that he failed there, but he didn't. He wasn't. Uh, it, it just, it, he was never somebody that anybody got excited about unless you went to West Virginia with him. Like right. that's that's just who he was. So then, then there's the number one quarterback, the first quarterback taken in that draft. E.J. Manuel threw for less yards that year than in a typical Jerry Goff year, 3,767 in his career. That was a Bills mistake. Um, that <laughs> so, <laughs> 16th overall. <laughs> but but let's, let's, let's talk about him for a second because the, he was the first quarterback in that draft. And like every – and I'll think back to this. Everybody thought that that quarterback class was hot garbage. Like you can't take any of these guys. And there were, I, I, I will, this was the draft for I was amazed. You could make a prop bet if there were going to be any first round quarterbacks or not. And the money was on no and not yes. <laughs> so, so 
but but here you are. Let's just say you're a team yeah. in 2013. You're the Lions right now, as they stand. You got to get your guy. You got to get a quarterback. You need one. Is EJ Manuel went bills. first? He was the guy who went first. Is EJ Manuel your guy, or do you want to go with Geno Smith, who was the next one taken in the draft? Seriously, I mean that's what you wind up with. What does that fix? Are either one of them better than Jared Goff? Did they fix your team no. at all? That's the risk of going crazy, and that's the positional difference. Yeah, the position's important. Yeah, you know, it's the he's the quarterback. He leads the offense. He's really, really important. But that's why it's so much more important to understand the 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 quality and the talent level at your draft compared to other drafts as well, because then you wind up with uh, a Mike hey, Glennon, the giraffe. You know, you know who the, the the you know who the Bills replaced for EJ Manuel. Ryan Fitzpatrick. There you go. Yeah. He's, he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. So <laughs> uh, and, and again, Ryan Fitzpatrick at that space and time was probably viewed very similarly to the way that Jared Goff is viewed by a lot of us right now. Okay, if you get a good team around him, he can win. He's probably not going to be the reason why you're winning, but he's also probably not going to be the reason why you're losing. Yep. And Fitzpatrick, from there, his career took off as he bounced around. He wound up being really good at that. But he wasn't bad. Like, he, he didn't have a bad year. I'm, I'm looking at his, his 2012 season right now. 16 starts, he went 6-10. and 10. Um, Completed 60% of his passes, 3,400 yards, 24 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Um, was in the top five most sacked quarterbacks that year. He was middle, like middle of the pack, basically where Goff is. Yeah. They threw that away for EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel, ugh, that that's yep. that's a rough one. So there there's a lesson there. Look, I, I you you know Chris and, and guys who watch this show a lot. I'm not a golf long term supporter, but if you think you're getting a quarterback that's better than Jared Goff in 2022 in this draft. I don't, I don't think so. I'll, I, this is a conversation <laughs> that I, I want to have later, and and yeah. don't, don't go crazy, folks. We're gonna have this is gonna be peak off season conversation. But if you put Jared Goff on the Rams, do they still win the Super Bowl this year? Oh, no, right? There's an argument to be made, both I for and against. I don't think they do, mm-hmm. but I certainly think that they're a playoff team as they were last year. And I mean, as a Lions fan. Sure would be nice to be in the playoffs. <laughs> so we've got a lot of work to do, a lot to talk. We will have that we conversation do. later. Um, but, but I just the, thought this the, was an important the longer lesson there. And, and just to go over the last two names on there, um, that, that looks like Matt Barkley. I don't have my readers on. Yep. Uh, and the fifth one, oh, my God, Landry Jones. Holy crap. So I, I need to go back and look at this draft now. Um, talk amongst yourselves while, yeah. I, while I look this, this draft up. 1,300 yards for Landry Jones. That's he just, was not better than um, uh, it was the guy in Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so there you oh go. That's God. that's the, the idea. I got I to look this draft up now and see what other quarterbacks Talent level at position between drafts. So, look, you can make the argument that we need a quarterback. We should pick it. If it's our guy is there, he's there. Certainly, that's it. But understand, is he, where does he stand in the talent ladder, right? Just because he's the yeah, best quarterback Jesus in this draft doesn't necessarily mean he's a good quarterback or better than what you have, what you got. And okay. do you want to, you know, replace, put EJ Manuel on the team and to replace Jared Goff? I don't know that yeah. you do. I think you could build the team a lot better uh, by using that value of that pick to get a different position filled 
and continue moving forward with the plans to, when the time is right, <laughs> see what the idea, the right idea is at quarterback for you. So, so the the quarterback sequence, I'll go through this really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, EJ Manuel first at 16. The next quarterback was Geno Smith. He was 39th. The next one was Glennon taken 73rd. So you're three quarterbacks in the first 75 picks. You got to skip again to the fourth round. The first pick of the fourth round was Matt Barkley. Then you go down uh, Ryan Nassib. Uh, then you got Tyler Wilson, who never even made the Chiefs as a, as a player, was the number 112 pick. Oh, he was actually picked by the Raiders. Now that I look at it, I always thought he was with the Chiefs. That's my bad. Uh, just going deeper. Um, there's not hardly any quarterbacks taken. Like I'm, I'm down into the sixth round now, and there isn't another quarterback. Like yeah. that's that's barren, dude. Yeah. Um, Brad Sorensen, number two twenty one, taken by the Chargers. Uh, Zach Dysert from Miami of Ohio. I knew he was going to fail because he had poor taste in school. Um, Sean Renfrey from Duke, who I think was with the Lions for a training camp or two, oh boy. Um, was the number 249th pick. Um, he actually threw three passes in the NFL, so good for him. Good for him. That, that, that's your quarterback class day here. Oh, B.J. Daniels. I missed him. Um, XFL star B.J. Daniels. There you go. Or not, not XFL. Um, AAF star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From South Florida, that that's that's rough, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's this this quarterback class. I'll tell you right now is is better than that, Indeed. but I don't know how much better. Mm-hmm. And at the top, you can't just well, you just can't think that the best quarterback in the draft is the guy. You, yeah, you really can't force. Like I think I personally, I'm, I'll go back in time here. Matt Corral is certainly better than those guys. Uh, Kenny Pickett's absolutely better than any of those guys. Uh, Malik Willis. Is not now, but he certainly has the potential to be better than any of those guys in a year or two. Uh, but but again, he's not now. He's not. Right, right, right. <laughs> you you watch that Liberty film and you tell me that that's an NFL quarterback right now that's ready to go in. No, I'm sorry, he's not. It doesn't mean he can't be because there's there's a lot there's a lot to like to work with there. Mm-hmm. But you've got to work with it to get it to come out. Yep. Um, Sam Howell is probably in the caliber of Mike Glennon, Geno Smith. I would say that's a rough equivalent. I don't think you want to take that 32, 34. No. All right. You can't force it. There you go. So there is definitely a different in talent just because yeah. you're the number one uh, quarterback in a draft doesn't mean you're Now, the, the trick is find your Russell Wilson. Find your Kirk right. Cousins. Right, right. And, Who's and, that in this draft? Is it Caleb Ellaby? Is it Malik Willis? Is it... <laughs> Is it uh, uh, my guy Dustin Crumb from Kent State? Maybe. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. All right. So we, we got all that. We talk about that. And that's just going to – it's just part of the conversation, right? This this whole idea of drafting and evaluating talent and finding out who you take and when you take them is nothing short of a calculus equation. And then they're the it's a, definitely a multivariate equation. And there's answers that – you know, there's variables you don't know and you can't control for and you can't solve for. So there's just a little bit of art to that and luck to that as well. So just you try to control for all the things you can. And one of the things is really looking at the talent just because they're – at a um, at a at a high position in the draft doesn't mean they're the guy to fix everything that ails you at a position. I'm I'm curious now. I want to I want to do that for pass rushers because I know there's been some big time pass rush flops. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, that they could take it high then. And the problem is is that it's very difficult as with a quarterback to find a top shelf pass rusher outside of the top 
20 or so picks in the draft. Um, now, the Lions actually resurrected one this past year. Charles Harris was god-awful in Miami. The Dolphins fans still hate him. He led the team in sacks last year of uh, 7.5. Played pretty darn well, yeah. quite honestly. Uh, but that's, you know, that to me, he's the George Johnson exception. Remember George Johnson yep. cashed in on his 11 sacks and went yeah, to Tampa and yeah. got cut after a year, yep. sold their money. Yeah. Uh, great um, comment. Yeah, I'd be real careful about Charles signing Charles Harris to, to come back because of that experience. And that, yeah. that, that that's for too much, not at least that unusual. Right. Yeah. For too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey yeah. and Tina. Canine. I hope Rogers has a horrible manscaping accident. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't wish well, but you know that would make a heck of a commercial. He just came off of a bender of a cleanser, man. Yeah, <laughs> followed by an FTP. There you go. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey. I, and I'm Tina. sad thank that he you broke guys up with his both actually friend, for being joining and being members on the channel. Um, them, a couple other folks have joined. Join the membership. You get extra. You get uh, fun little. Um, uh, icons, you get access to the Slack chat, you get all kinds of good stuff. You can support us through your membership here. Um, interestingly, we've got membership. We're setting up. I talked about it last week. We're setting up the OnlyFans. I don't know whether to laugh or be offended. I, my my application was rejected. Uh, <laughs> it was it was an error on my part. We'll, we'll get it fixed. We don't have that set up quite yet, so we're, we're working on it. But I, I laughed hysterically when I saw that OnlyFans rejected Look, me. <laughs> they don't know that you're not Antonio Banderas. You got to send in the pick of Antonio. Yeah, yeah, that's actually what I have to do. And that's it. Easy does it. Don't forget cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Head on over there, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, and take care of your head. Pain, anxiety, insomnia, it's all available there. Um, they give us a little kickback. If you use coupon code LIONS, you'll get 55% off. The secret, though, sometimes they have a lot better sales. So just look and make sure um, good stuff going on over there. have tried, and I've had a lot of people try other stuff uh, around the uh, the folks and uh, that are selling it because it's available in a lot of places right now. And and I'm just straight up, Diamond CBD, the, the people we're partnering with, are the folks that have delivered the best stuff. The best stuff. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Take care of your head. Take care of the show at the same time. We'll all feel good afterwards. All right. Let's get into it. I want to talk a little bit now about positional value and what it means. Because I want to talk about it specifically in the context of one player. And I want to, I'm, going to, I'm going to do Uh-oh. some appreciative inquiry, Risden, with you. Okay. All right. All right. All right, so let's go into it. So first off, I want to ask you, this is about Kyle Hamilton. Um, he's polarizing for a lot of people as far as taking him second overall. Um, I can see the argument against it. I completely understand it. Hutchinson's my guy. Tibbs is my guy. I totally understand your argument. I believe it, okay? And, and I understand why you're making it, and you make great points and fair points. Here's a point, though, around the whole argument against drafting Hamilton being positional value. Okay, so we'll, right. we'll talk about this a little bit here. Um, I want to ask you, Riz, using your prognosticator hat. So if you need to put it on, go ahead and do that. Based on what you've seen of Kyle Hamilton, okay, he gets drafted. He's in the NFL. Where do you think he will rank as a safety after his first year compared to the rest of the safeties in the NFL? <sighs> He's going to be, I think... Pushing the top five right away. Okay, that's that's, that's I, I I don't disagree. Um, what about year four? At four years in the in the in the in the league, where do you think he's going to be? So at that point, like like Matthew will be gone. Uh, yeah, the, 
Kevin Byard is also it should be top three. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's tough to think of guys that are going to be that are good now that will still Jesse Bates, Kevin Byard, um, like a lot of the other guys are kind of get Marcus Williams maybe, but like he's and, and he's naturally physically more skilled than any of those guys coming sure. out as prospects. Sure. So now we'll think about okay. So now we talk about the cost. Right, the cost. The, what's it going to cost to put him in? Number two overall bat draft pick has a seven point two million dollar cap hit in twenty twenty two. Basically, if you take the money over the course of the contract, it's about ten million a year. Okay, yeah. If we look at him at seven point two million in twenty twenty two, and we know the cost is going to go up for every position, but we're just using right now as numbers, and you know we'll have to do the NPV on this later. Um, Seven point two million cap hit at safety would have him be the twentieth highest paid safety in the league this year, and if you're using the ten million number, he'd be the fourteenth highest paid safety this year. So if you think he's going to be top five, and you're saying we need to sign Williams, you're getting a hell of a deal signing Kyle yeah. Hamilton. So they're picking him second overall. Um, he's going to, Williams is going to get a little over 16 million a year, according to PFF, right? Probably. Yep. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's he going to be 30 that. by the time his contract's over. Correct. So you got, yeah. you've got some things to think about there. Um, you look at, let's see who else we have. Jesse Bates. He's looking at 12.9 million a year. He's going right? to get franchised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bengals yeah, are letting him yeah, go. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying 12.9. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got, uh, Matthew 16.2 million a year for three years and he's, 29 years old. I think that's high, but he's getting 15 going anyways, PFF. probably. Just going PFF. Quandre yeah, Diggs. Quandre Diggs. Love our guy. 29 years old. Come back, please. 10 million a year. That's Tell fair. me positional value, the quality of Kyle Hamilton as a safety versus what you're going to pay. And to have him at that lower price, tell me it isn't a value. You're, you're, tell, you're arguing against positional value. I'm telling you, you know what? Dollar well, value. I, think, I, think, Hold on. I, I think, just said dollar value, value. But now the value of the position of safety, I think on this team, it's super high because we absolutely. are at, we're staring at Will Harris. <laughs> we're staring right at now, him. your starting safeties are Will Harris and Brady Breeze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, for, for a defense that requires two really good safeties to work. Yep. Like two guys that are better than Will Harris. And right now, Will Harris is the best you've got. Yep. Um, they ask, ask anybody who has covered the Saints or any, any people from that tree. Safety is far more important to what they're trying to do defensively than off ball linebacker. That's, that's why the Saints go cheap there. That's why they load up on the safeties. That's why they are really going to miss Marcus Williams when he gets away. And by the way, if you didn't see it, he posted on his Instagram story a countdown to free agency, which was interpreted by most people. <laughs> he ain't coming back. Yeah, well, they can't afford him. They can't afford him, right? No, they can't. You're, you're talking, you know, uh, Marcus Williams, again, $16 million a year, a little over $16 He's million really, a year. really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you're, and you, get, you can get him for seven hit immediately. 10 average over four years. Hmm. What do you do now? Here's the other part. Marcus Williams. Why not sign him and get Hamilton? Because you need to, I still don't see putting Will Harris on the field. That's a lot of money at safety, right? And, and, and you're banking. If you make on Will your, Harris, your number seven defensive back where he's your number four outside corner, your number four safety. 
That's perfect for him. And it's perfect for the team because that multiple use role helps you in case of injury, right? It helps insulate and then makes the position of safety cheaper. Look at at how he played when he played corner late in the year. He wasn't terrible. Like he showed, he showed some ability at it. Like let him practice it for an offseason, turn him into a corner. See what you got. And then you've made both positions cheaper. It's, it's exactly what you've done. So even though you invested 16 million and then 10 million into the position, you've made it actually hit less than that because the next guy up is a guy who's who's a lot less. Uh, uh, yeah, you don't want that. Uh, so anyway, that's just kind of the the argument I have around that 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 value um, and and the positional value of safety for the Detroit Lions. Other teams, it's not as important a position. People are talking. I see in the in the chat. Where does it go? Go, sorry, Okuda. There it is, Zach J. His only chance is probably moving to safety. I disagree. And I completely disagree with that. I will say, all I the only thing I'll, I mean, I'll, this is very rhetorical, but the only thing I'll say is Cam Akers. Bingo. If that's what we can think, expect from somebody coming back from that kind of injury, holy cow. By the time we're back, we're in season and Okuda's about to play, he's going to have way more time to heal. Way more time. We've seen the, the, if you've seen that it came out, I think today or yesterday, there was, uh, some film of Okuda's recovery and what he's doing right now. And it's like, oh. Oh, no, he'll be back. Oh man, I don't think okay. I don't think his skills match safety very well because the <laughs> things that he struggles at at cornerback are the things that you really can't struggle at at, at safety. He 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 sees too much. He he's reading too many things and gets paralyzed by analyzing. It's actually what Will Harris's biggest problem is. That's one of the reasons why Will Harris is a better corner than safety. And I said that back at the time he was trapped. <laughs> um, Okuda is the same kind of guy. Like he's a guy that he he needs to have like that one task like. Lock him down in man coverage. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in the zone, just interpret your area of the zone. Don't worry about what's going on over here. He does that too much as a corner. That's why he struggles. If you move him to safety, that gets exacerbated. That gets worse. So I, I, I'm completely against moving him to safety because I don't think it's a good fit at all for his what he does and yeah. or his mentality. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I I fully agree. Uh, lot, so there's a lot there. There's a lot to pack down. Again, I, I'm going to go back. Yeah, pray that he comes back. Um, so far, so far, it's looking pretty good. So yeah, yeah. I will go back to you know the conversation and say I recognize there's a lot of good arguments for Tibbs or Hutch. Although Riz, you want, I know you want to touch a little bit on Tibbs that you, you had talked about, and I don't say I, I'm not telling you those are wrong or that you're absolutely nuts for making those arguments. I'm just telling you where I sit right now. I look at. Um, Kyle Hamilton as the guy that's going to be the biggest impact, especially if we kind of follow the the two edge rushers at uh, thirty two and thirty four, uh, and then you're you're, you're you looking at wide, rec- wide receivers in third. All of a sudden, you look really good. You pick up a, a linebacker somewhere along the way. Bada boom, bada bing. It's like Super you're reading my days. mock offseason <laughs> version 4.0 that's coming out hopefully Saturday. Hopefully. I've bled into your brain, Riz. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, um, it, I, I drafted some of it today. Um, I've got it laid out. Um, so be organized when you do these things. I want you. Yeah. To, I want you to talk about because you wanted about Tibbs because you had made a quick, po- a great point, and we, we just barely touched on this. And I want to. I want to let you kind of rock that again. Um, I don't remember what I said. Uh, I remember what I said before the show. Do you want me to go into yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what okay. I yeah. Okay, it was before the show. So one of the things, I, I've been crash-coursing myself on a lot of players lately. Kayvon Thibodeau is one of them. And one of the takeaways that I came away from is that I like him less the more I watch him play. And it's specifically... The games that aren't the marquee, like everybody knows the Cal game. Like he tore those, he tore that poor bastard up. Mm-hmm. He looked really good against UCLA against a guy who, um, was hurt. Their, their right tackle was injured 
could literally couldn't move his right leg to the outside and Thibodeau attacked him. It was the other games that he played. And, and this goes back into the, the, the last season, um, not this year, but the year before when, when he was healthy that, uh, it, it, it's like he makes like one or two, like just incredible plays a game, but the rest of the time you're like, who, where's he at? Like, like he, he, he and it's weird because, Another number one overall pick, Jadevian Clowney, uh, had this problem with the Texans, and Texans fans, by and large, hated him for it, was because he would make splash plays every now and then, but it was only like two or three plays a game where you're like, oh, that dude's special. Like, the rest of the time, you're like, well, do something. You know, you got the stick meme, like, you know, do something. Like, that that, that that was the pretty common theme with Clowney in, in, uh, in Houston, and I'll tell you this. Kayvon Thibodeau is nowhere close to the, the freak athlete or, or technician that Genevieve Clowney was coming out of South Carolina. They're not even, they're not, he's not even in the same ballpark as Miles Garrett as an athlete. Right. Nobody is. Watch that dude at the dunk competition. Holy crap, dude. You see, you see him in the celebrity all-star game. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Freaking love Miles Garrett, but that dude ain't there. Like, there's a lot of, I don't want to say he doesn't care, and I don't want to say he's soft, because I don't think that's right. I just don't think he's that good all the time, and that's troublesome. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that that worries me a little bit, and it's... Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm actually writing it up and I will have that up hopefully sometime before the combine too, yep. uh, because one of the, one of the players that I'm going to be watching at the combine and paying attention to what he's, how he's talked about, um, with, by agents and team people. That's, that's one of the big reasons why we go to the combine is to, to get the dirty on all these things. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just keep my ears open on that. Um, sitting at the JW Marriott bar at, 4 a.m. with Bill Belichick walking in with <laughs> giant goofy ass smile on his face. <laughs> Mac Robinson practically falling over his feet trying to coach. Yep. Yep. Love you, Mac. So this is a thing again. I will go back to the positional talent argument. Uh, I see the argument for Hutch in the um, in the chat. Hutchinson is from Easy Does everybody It. Everybody holds the Georgia game against him. I will just say this. Watch David Ajabo in that game. You tell me who's better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just I, what I look at it now is Hutchinson compared to edge players, right? In so, other drafts, so and right? that's what you're looking for. Is he is he Miles Garrett? No, he's not. Is he uh, a Bosa brother? I don't think so. Is he T.J. Watt? No. Is he J.J. Watt? Hell no. He's not. He's not far away from them. He can be Cam Jordan. He can be. Um, Julius Peppers did it for a really long time. I don't think that Hutchinson has that sort of longevity, but I think as a guy who can consistently get you 12 to 14 sacks and pretty good run defense while doing it, yeah, I think he can do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Peppers, I, I think, was the number two overall pick. He, he was just a freak athlete, um, and I don't think Hutchinson is um, – to that strength level. One of the, one of the things that made Julius so great was that he was quick, but he was also just ridiculously strong for his size. And I don't get that sense out of Hutchinson. I, not that I, he's weak, but that's not, that's not what his game is. Yeah. When I think about Hutch, um, what I think about is he's going to be a star in Detroit to use. Um, he does its stuff there. He yeah. Be. He'll be a star nationally is his impact at that level. And I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know. I, it's it's tough to see. He's not he's not as good as Chase Young was coming out as a prospect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, take take what you want from Chase Young, who got dogged for one really bad game where he was being cut blocked and triple teamed. And yeah. uh, I, I think Washington, well. And there are there are some unsubstantiated rumors that Washington might be trying to move him. Yes, I don't really buy those for a second. Yeah, those were but, wild. Uh, uh, I, most most Washington Commanders fans are pretty damn happy that they've got Chase Young. Um, the guy, the, Young's counterpart on the team, Montez Sweat, is the level of player that I think Hutchinson can be. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good, not not a star player, but a a really good. Yeah. All around football player who's going to get you eight to twelve sacks. I remember his I stab at, at Senior Bowl, man. He was the one arm yeah. bush oh, rush, man. man. I love that, yeah. and it works in the NFL too. Yeah, yep. that's that that's fun. Yep. Uh, yeah, he he. I think Hutchinson's a better athlete than Sweat. I think he's got a little bit more swivel to his hips and looser ankles, and I think that's important yeah. for what they're trying to do with him. I think he can play more. As a in the uh, Trey Flowers role of an off ball linebacker, where he actually like might carry a tight end to the safety some point, might have to you know get out outside into a screen pass. I think I think you can do that better than than what Sweat does. But you know you're looking that that's the kind of guy you're getting in Hutchinson. And I, I'll say this: I think his floor is incredibly high. I don't think there's any chance that Aiden Hutchinson is a bust. He might not live up to expectations, but this is a guy who's going to be a very solid NFL player Absolutely. at worst Absolutely. for the yep. first couple of contracts that he gets. Yep. And if you're worried about if you want to get a guy that you're sure is going to be part of your team that you can't miss, you absolutely want Hutchinson instead of Thibodeau. It's not even a question. Yeah. 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 No, I think you're I think you're I think you're right on, man. And it's this is a weird draft. It's the problem. It's it's weird. And you really that cross talent value, that cross draft is really where you have to start looking at these guys to help get yourself a good understanding of where someone should or shouldn't be picked. I'll tell you, you mentioned swiveling hips. You want to get your hips swiveling the right way. You head over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store and get yourself one of our sweet Detroit Lions podcast T-shirts. We got some other good stuff there. We got uh, we had pine knob shirts before pine knob had pine knob shirts shirts let's put it that way that's how cool we are they followed our lead and decided to rename the place which they should have done um i think there's you know great stuff available all kinds of good stuff available there's some some huge merch news coming some giant blow your brain here you're just pop your top of your head off kind of stuff more to come on that really really good stuff for now detroitlionspodcast.com slash store Go get yourself some great shirts, T-shirts, and mugs, and, and phone cases, the whole thing. It's all there. Get yourself some swag and show off just how cool you are to all your friends and anyone hanging around in your space. Detroitlinespodcast.com slash store. All right. Um, I want to really hit again. Uh, we've got some great player breakdowns coming. I believe they're going to be starting next week. Uh, Colin has come in, the guy who did all that great work that I, I showed in that, 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 um, that book uh, that we use at Senior Bowl, the background book. He's got some great stuff coming, and he's going to break down player by player some stuff for you guys. And he's going to talk about Hutch, Tibbs, Hamilton, and he's his own guy. As we've talked about, one of the things we want on our YouTube channel is a lot of different voices. We love the idea of different kinds of people bringing different thoughts. Again, like I said, people that like Hutch, they have a lot of great reasons for liking him, right? I mean, absolutely. I think I got some great reasons for liking Hamilton, right? And and that's it's okay to to like. There's nothing wrong with liking Thibodeau either. That guy's that he does things that other people in this class cannot do. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's certain definitely some some definite appeal to that. (laughs) So he's got some great stuff. You guys are gonna love it, and it's gonna be in that digestible kind of you know 
five to 10 minute format where you can get just what you want and, and get the real down low real quick. It's really great stuff. Um, if you know, you see the, the, uh, squid game. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, we got some, so we got some good stuff going on in so the show. Fun. I'm going to have to watch one of these TV programs. I don't know any of them. Oh God. Yeah. Squid game was fun. It was, it was fun. Uh, also we got the draft party coming up. Some good stuff. We also have our annual mock draft coming and that's going to be huge. A lot of good folks that, you know, uh, Kula, Got to give a shout out to Kula, who on Twitter one and had gone back. She's like missing football so bad. She went to our she mock did. draft and said, "You guys nailed it! Holy cow! You guys you even got Amonra! You guys nailed that thing!" It's like that was. I, I believe that was Scott Bischoff yep. who had that. Yep, yep, it yeah. was. But it's it's real research. It's not Scott reading other back. people's stuff. I, I, I've it. communicated with Scott a couple times recently. He's 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 in for it, and uh, he's, oh, he's he, he does work with Woodward Sports right now. By the yeah. way, and uh, if you get a chance to check him out in there, please do it because he is a he's a definite reason to watch there. Go to Mike or Mike first; he's got good stuff too. Uh, okay, let's Mike, uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike Mike. He's the guy. Man. We he's we talked about this the other day. We we love Micro Mike like yep. that guy. Uh, he, his energy and like. I just love – it pumps me up, man. Yeah. It gets me feeling good. Like, I don't always agree with his opinions. He doesn't always agree with my opinions. It doesn't matter. Like, I just – I love I love the way he presents it. I love the, I love the way he goes about his business. Yep. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's awesome. Yep. And you're right, Anon. Uh, Scott Bischoff is one of the smartest guys in the draft. Brilliant. Yes, yes he's, he he's is. Great. Absolutely. Love his – Proud to call him a friend. Yep. Yep, great, great stuff from him. All right, with that, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Don't forget about that, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Uh, the draft party, we talked about that. We got talked about the the uh, mock draft coming up, uh, key NFL dates coming up. Uh, it's really March 16th, right? I mean, right. the deadline to, yeah. de- to get your transition players named is going to be, and, and franchise players, is going to be March 8th. So that's kind of the next big thing, I think, to see who's going to be available. Not, not, not a big deal for the Lions. It is a big deal if you want Jesse Bates it's or yeah, Devontae see who's available, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the 16th is when all heck breaks loose. So uh, we'll get in there. And then at, right after free agency, kind of the rush ends. We're going to do the mock draft to be the end of March, early April. So we'll have you going on that. A lot of good stuff there. Yeah. With draft that, is at the end of April. Yes. I don't remember the exact dates, but yeah. it'll be fun. It's going to yeah. be, uh, be a great show. You know, it's good stuff. All right. I got to say, we've done it. And remember, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Go get yourself some of the awesome Slack chat information that you get there. Uh, if you get in for $5 or more a month donation on Patreon, you get access to the Slack. It's it's the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. I say it every time. It's no joke. It is a great place. It's it's life-saving in the offseason to have the conversations that go on there. Multiple different channels. Anything, I mean, Lions chat is the main chat, but there's, you know, there's dynasty state league stuff. There's, there's mock We're doing a lot stuff. in the mock draft thing now, and it's really good discussion on a lot of players that we, we talk about here. Um, if you want to get further into that, that right now tends to be the channel that I pay most attention to. So I'm most active there, but there's some, there's some great minds in there that are having really intelligent, like thoughtful, provocative discussions about different players and different strategies. I love it. I, 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 so I'm, I I will pimp the mock draft channel for you. Yep. Yep. There you go. All right. With that, also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. We appreciate you when you do that. It helps us out. Also, the like and subscribe on the YouTube. That, that algorithm is its own thing. And we just need to remind folks to, to hit those things. That means a lot. And it's super helpful when you do that. It gets gets people to see what we do and helps us you know, do what we do 
like we do. All right. Uh, also at Jeff Risden on, uh, on the old Twitter machine at Jeff Risen and at DET Lions podcast. Um, if you want to interact with him, uh, go, if you want to give us a call, go to Detroit Lions podcast. It's on Skype, all one word, or call us on the Lions line at 929 33 Lions, 929 335 And be sure to go to Detroit Lions Subscribe to the podcast. That way we can show up in your ears automatically. Um, I will tell you one, one thing. There's potential for a Saturday show, so maybe we can go into two shows a week for you guys. So just keep your eyes and ears open. We got that's for the people that stuck around. All right, uh, be sure. To, yeah, we said this. <laughs> go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe. Why do they want to subscribe for us? So, so they can come into. So we can come into their ear holes automatically. There you go. All right. Uh, there's some people from Jeffrey Green in the chat. Some people say drafting Hamilton over Hutchinson would be the worst mistake the Lions could make. What's your guys' take? No, the worst mistake yeah. would be taking a quarterback there. Yeah. Oh God. Oof. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, and no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you, everyone. We made it. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.